Welcome, everybody, to episode three of the best stinking podcast you've ever heard between a husband and a wife, talking about family, life, marriage, and everything else. Um, I'm JR. I'm Molly. And obviously, you can figure out what roles we play. Or should we clarify in this society? Is that a little too irreverent? I don't know. What roles do we play? I don't know. I'm generally the woman, though, given how I respond to things. I was going to say I'm the strong, silent one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the emotional <laughs> one that just that breaks down in my orchestra. It's terrible. Although, ironically, with the strong, silent one, here's a shout out to you, Josh. He said that he likes how smug I sound when I'm talking about theological things to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that's not what I'm going for. And he's <clears> like, it's, it works. And I, so now I have to re-listen and see if I, see if I sound smug. I don't think you sound smug. You sound smart, but I don't, smug wouldn't necessarily be the right word, but I also live with you. So I don't know if that. That's true. That You're just used to getting lectured. Yeah. I'm used to getting Josh lectured. Josh isn't so used cool. to having a wife lecture her husband, I guess. <laughs> also, I'm still the strong, silent one. I've claimed that role and I'm sticking to it. Hashtag life goals. Get to the point where you're okay having your wife lecture you about <laughs> theology or something. Um, so I'm at the gym today and I took Elise, our five-year-old, to the gym with me because it gets her out of your hair, which I think... Hallelujah. <clears throat> Love right. her. Well, she's. I noticed something about her one time and she had the same behavior today at the gym. I once took her to uh, my, uh, I was helping my father-in-law at the warehouse and she wanted to come. It was supposed to be a nine o'clock to like 11 o'clock deal. It turned into nine o'clock to four o'clock with lunch. Well, Elise ran around the whole time, totally happy. Never once complained about anything. Never once said, I want to go home. Can we go home now? I'm ready to go home. Never once. She was delightful the entire day. I was floored. She found something to do. She had fun doing it. It didn't matter what it was. She's a lost in the middle third child. She was like, whoa. So she did. She was doing the same thing at the gym today when I usually take her to the gym. She'll go climb a little bit. Uh, we have a gym membership to a climbing gym that also has a fitness area. So I go and use the fitness area for about 45 minutes and the kids will climb, the ones that I, I bring. Or she'll just run around and just play and just do things. So here I am doing dumbbell Romanian deadlifts or something like that. And there's another gal who I've seen in there. Her and her husband were in there uh, with a fairly young, probably not quite newborn, but pretty young baby. And they're in there climbing around, having a good time. And so she comes upstairs and starts doing some weight work. And um, Elise keeps coming up back and forth to me asking to do things. Daddy, can you do this? Can you help me with this? Can we do that? She's being pleasant, you know, not being obnoxious at all. And the lady looks at me and goes, wow, how, um, how old is she? I said, I'm five. Wow, she's so delightful. It's like, uh, yeah, like most of the time, right now anyway. How do you do it? Like, how do you train them to be that delightful all the time? And I'm like, um, I don't. Like, this, she's an anomaly. I'm not doing anything. She's just always that happy because we've tried to raise our kids the same way. But she's completely different from the other three. And he's like, oh. I was like, but you know, there is like the normal things we try to do. Like, we'd be excited for their crappy photos, you know, that they draw for us. Hey, sorry, if kids listen to this later on in life, I did call your stuff crappy. Because most of it is. Um, <clears throat> but that's subjective. 
art standpoint. Anyway, you know, they, they, you get excited for what they do. You're happy for what they do. You are involved. You're, um, you know, you care, you spend time with, you read a book. Sort of, I mean, you care and you spend time with them, but the special sauce of our raising kids is that we neglect them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Elise spends so much time entertaining herself because her school consists of a five minute reading lesson and sometimes handwriting today she copied what she copy matthew 633 for me not copied she traced it and sometimes i have a spanish workbook that lily will help her with a couple pages in because i can't be bothered to teach her spanish i'm teaching lily spanish she's got to teach everybody else um so she spends so much time entertaining herself on a good day she also entertains faith on a bad day faith refuses to be entertained but elise spends a lot of time being neglected so when she's not competing with anybody when she doesn't have two older kids haranguing her say titus said she was saying rude things about their lego characters and i was like tell give me an example of a rude thing when I play with that Lego guy, I call him Jacob. And I was like, that's a rude thing? Uh-uh. You got to do better than that. He was trying to get her kicked out of his room. And oh, I was like, if you're going to let Lily play in your room, you have to let Elise in too. Well, she just sits on my bed and says rude things. Like calling a Lego character Jacob. And I was like, I could give you examples of rude things that Elise could sit on your bed saying to you, but I'm not going to put things in her mind. Because then when you're mean to her, then she'd actually have ammunition to fire back with. And she's actually pretty good at coming up with her own ammo. But Jacob is not any of that ammo. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. But she, yeah, so Elise then had the special sauce of she's a neglected thirdborn. And now she's just like the world is her oyster because she's not competing with anybody else at the gym. So she is particularly delightful, even for me one-on-one because she just gets to be herself with no competition with no distractions her being herself is not problematic for me when all i'm doing is just enjoying her being herself no i mean if i had i love all my children mostly most of the time but if i had to take one child away anywhere by themselves for an extended period of time it would absolutely be elise because she's always happy there's no complaining. There's no whining. Nothing. But interesting you mentioned neglect because that seems to be the theme of our day. Um, we were in the kitchen this morning and I had returned from my morning prayer meeting and all the kids were gone at some point this morning. And I was sitting in the chair and you were cleaning the counter and you got to that standing stool at the counter that <laughs> Faith climbs up into and she eats all her meals there she stands up there and plays it's just where she hangs out and i think you looked over at me and said were all of our kids like the kids' stools and high chairs this messy all the time and i'm like nah, no i don't think so because um we cleaned them a lot more often and as you pointed out you hand fed titus until he was like seven uh, no I hand-fed him his breakfast until I had Lily, and he was 22 months old at that point. Faith yeah. has been <clears throat> spooning her own oatmeal, applesauce, and yogurt for herself since 13 months. Since she could hold a spoon. And then she refuses to be spoon-fed by somebody else. 
But yeah, so she's got a whole, what is she? She's completely proficient with a spoon a full nine months before Titus, which in little kid world is an eternity. But, um, I mean, there's, there are downsides. We have a very messy house because we let our kids, Titus and Lily made the pancakes this morning. I made the batter. They made the pancakes. There's batter all over the stove, but I didn't make the pancakes. So, you know, there's a trade-off. There's a trade-off to neglect. One kid's awesome. It's also skills teaching. I mean, your seven and nine-year-old can flip pancakes serve them up, do everything. They'll even butter and syrup and slice them up for faith. And also when they're at the stove cooking, they're not complaining because there aren't any pancakes ready. But they are fighting over the spatula. Yeah. I like to think we're training them for the zombie apocalypse when we catch the virus and die and they somehow survive. They have to survive. Or if they were, they had to be orphans in George Mueller's England. Yeah. I had them watch Listen to the last episode if you want to know what we're talking about. So to follow up on the George Mueller thing, we finished the book today. Spoiler alert, God keeps answering his prayers. No. He's doing a preaching tour. Like, he he passes off primary care of the orphanage, which has 2,000 orphans in it. He passes that off to somebody. um, And he and his wife go on a preaching tour he goes to like 42 countries over the course of like seven basically missionary journeys preaches all over the world um and um and he's like 88 and finally his wife's like you need to slow down a bit and he's like feel better than ever um and then he just died in his sleep one day he was like yeah you can maybe get me somebody to help on such and such tomorrow, he told, like, his main guy, and then he died in his sleep that night. I know, what a way to go. Titus was like, Titus, nine. I'd like to die that way. Anyway, I found <laughs> on YouTube, you have to pay for it on Amazon Prime, but it's it's for free on YouTube, this this video series called Torchlighters, which is animated, hero, animated life stories. They're about half an hour long of Heroes of the Faith. And if your kid ever has to do, like, a Hero of the Faith book report or report find these videos and have your kid watch and they've got amy carmichael they've got all these great heroes of the faith let them watch the video they understand it but it was showing like or like how hard it was to be an orphan and all of our kids were like like is this whole movie gonna be like this they were it was you know it was animated but it was intense for them i guess our kids are also movie wimps yeah but it was intense intense for for them them. and at least kept asking is he gonna die is he gonna die no, no, no. He's not going to die. This is a kid's thing. They're not, he's not going to die. But um, but that's a good point. I should point out how good life is is not an orphan sometime when our kids are complaining. Oh, man. I'm just kidding. That That's a bad, bad way to motivate your kids. Don't do that. I was kidding. Don't do that. People out there are dozens of listeners. <laughs> But I do commend to you, do do seek out I, George Mueller. I have actually really enjoyed the series of biographies that we've been reading. And interestingly enough, Titus has too. Even though the kid is terrible at math, he mm-hmm. loves history. Um, he loves reading about the world wars. He loves these... Bi- I mean, he cracked open the next biography that we're supposed to read is David Lig- Livingstone... Because we've moved from Europe down to Africa. He started reading it himself. 
That's awesome. Yeah, he's he's really. I need it. to encourage that kid if he's into history. He needs to write more, write about things, because you can actually make a living doing that. And you don't have to go to school for it. I mean, you kind of do have to go to school to be a good writer and nah. to be yeah to uh, really know history. No, There's you, a lot to actually knowing history. They're rewriting history now in the schools, and you know that. I do know that, which is yeah. all, why it's all the more important to choose a good school and to learn how they to actually understand actually understand history let's not talk about secondary education because we have small children and we need to learn how to love them we're well. all gonna die of coronavirus or the lord's you know i can't every happen. time i hear coronavirus i keep thinking somebody drank too much corona the night before and the next morning they have coronavirus. oh those memes are for sure out there i've seen yeah, them. i just that's all i can think I've about when them. i hear corona. i mean it, it's a serious issue mental block for you but yeah i get stuck on that all the time Okay, so you wanted to talk about our trip to Chicago. Is that what you wanted to talk about tonight? I didn't have a topic lined yeah. up for tonight. I said it's one of the topics of tonight. Let's let's tell people why we named the show Too Busy to Flush. Because I need to get some t-shirts made. I've got some friends who are like, that is the best phrase ever. I want to wear that because I am always too busy to flush. Well, all the best phrases come from our kids, right? Yeah. Um, Titus once told me when he was... I mean, he was for sure potty trained and old enough to be using the bathroom by himself. Um, but at some point he went busting out of the bathroom and I was like, mm, get back in there, flush the toilet, wash your hands. Because, I, I mean, it's a, it's a universal thing with kids, right? He's nine. Like, I still tell him to bust back in there, flush he, the toilet, wash the uh, but, but the, you know, you go into a bathroom that hasn't been used. Like, we have come home from vacation and had brown sludge in the toilet. It's, mm. you know, the whole house smells like it. Or you haven't gone, like, you know, I'll sometimes work downstairs, but I won't always use the downstairs bathroom. And I'll go into it after, like, a three-day period. And I'm like, when was the last time this thing was flushed? Yeah, it's probably Or you smell it from the family but, room. So now, so now it's a, a, a deeper, you know, like, it's a training thing at this point. Um, and I'm too busy to train my kids to flush. But, but the kid, you know, anyway, it was just a, you know... At that, at that point in my parenting life, it sort of encapsulated how frenetic things felt that we were all well, just Well, didn't he we also run out of the bathroom? To you told him, hey, whoa, 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 get back in there, flush the toilet, wash your hands. And he yelled, too busy to flush. And yeah, ran out the, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I guess I didn't finish that part of the story. He, he yelled he was too busy to flush and never turned back. You know, back to who knows what he was doing, collecting rocks or driving trucks. or He used to line his trucks up. Across our living room floor or in our windowsill. Neat little perfect lines. Who knows? But um, but he was too busy to flush. I wrote it down on my Facebook profile and said, if I ever write a fa- book on parenting, it will be called Too Busy to Flush. And here we are several years later. It's not a book, but we're talking about parenting and all the other things. And we all, I think a lot of us just feel like all of life is just hectic and breathless and and it's too busy to flush we're all just too busy to flush and if we let it build up it just turns into a big pile of steaming sludge you know what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. yeah i wanted to talk about the train trip but i don't know if that's what you want to talk about we haven't we don't if you haven't figured out by now we don't actually talk about what we're going to talk about on the show we just sort of sit down at the microphone and on purpose not because we're it is on purpose half half um Half budding this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think. <clears throat> I can't 
think of a good alternative. Well, then just say we're half-assing it. We're not half-assing it. We're just like, we're coming at it from a, we, we want, want it to, to be spontaneous. Fresh conversations and being spontaneous. I'll be the one to swear on the show. Alien out well, I didn't know how hardcore... much our moms, my mom, our mom's friends. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Because um, <laughs> only my mom and my mom's friends listen to us. They love everything about us. They have to. Um, no, they don't. Our moms do. Our mom's friends don't have to, but our moms do. Do dads have to? No. Oh, it's a mom thing, huh? Yeah, that's a mom thing. All right, I'll let you have it. Um, well, you had, you had, so we talked about too busy to flush, but you had said, I mean, so here's the deal. Uh, over Christmas, we decided to visit my brother and his family who live in Chicago, spend Christmas out there. And we, we, it, it's really expensive to fly anywhere from Montana. It's even more expensive to fly anywhere from Montana over Christmas and it's really expensive to have 400 kids because then you're buying six really expensive plane tickets. And so we we had assumed that we would drive and JR started looking at alternatives to driving besides flying. Northern United States roads in the dead of winter. Not exactly my favorite form of driving. And we have done it once before. Back and it when wasn't Titus very was fun. It was a three, three days. And Lily was one. It was like, miserable. It was like three days of hell. Like I actually started writing like a sequel, like recording comments that were made in the car and how everyone was behaving because I thought it would make a fantastic road trip movie. Road yeah. trip movie from hell. It was, it was incredibly stressful to be driving through blizzards um, in, in remote roads um you know the only people around are semis who are passing you going way too fast when you creating already that, have zero creating that that wide out yeah of snow. and a gust of wind so so there's that plus spending multiple two nights in hotel rooms and with screaming kids, kids in sleep. car seats that want out yes they're strapped in car seats at that point we only had two but now we would have four kids strapped into seat belts and car seats. That all want out and i don't know if you remember this but i have a very clear memory of just getting into an urban area and Lily wasn't like hardly slept at all. She didn't sleep in her car seat just as a rule. She finally fell asleep after like hours of screaming. And then Titus, who has been potty trained for like six months, six months at this point, goes, I have to poop. And you don't say hold it to a kid that size. So you find a place to pull over. And anyway, it wakes up the other one that's asleep. And then you look over and all the cars are on blocks. And you're like, should we be in this neighborhood? We Classic, whatever. classic family National Lampoon's vacation moment. Yeah. So so anyway, the alternative to doing all of that driving was taking Amtrak, which JR had taken Amtrak. I've taken, I took one trip when I was in early elementary school, but it was like, it was a tour Amtrak of the Canadian Rockies. So it wasn't, way cooler. it was a loop. It was, it wasn't a destination. Like the joy was in the journey. And this was, we took Amtrak to get somewhere. Um, but we also had a great journey. Uh, My trips were fairly simple. I was living in Wolf Point and then again, living in Montana. Um, <clears throat> Wolf Point, Montana. Albuquerque, New Mexico. So the two trips I took from Wolf Point, one was west to Portland or Seattle or somewhere. And the other was east out to... Um, no, I might have taken two west coast trips when I was up there. Anyway, when I graduated, I moved for high school 
I took the train from New Mexico all the way up to Chicago to go to school at Moody. And it was a fun trip. Oh, I also took the train. That second trip from Wolf Point was when I went out to Word of Life Bible Institute in New York. I took the train all the way from Wolf Point to New York. That's a hike. It was a long hike, and it was. I've got some wild stories. If I ever run for public office, a photo might surface of me and a guy who claimed to be Marilyn Manson's drummer taking a picture with a girl, and her hands were placed on her um, breasts. So I'm going to throw that out there in the world that if that if it ever comes out, I apologize now, because uh, you know the media would actually try to dig that up and put it out there and crush me in public if I ever ran for office. Fortunately, you're never going to run for public office. No. You know, I don't have the stomach for you to do it. I don't have the stomach to handle it. Um, so those are my train trips. I've got other random stories, but we don't need to talk about those on <laughs> So anyway, we looked into it, and you guys, we opted to try it out for a couple of reasons, for a few reasons. One, uh, it was cheaper. Like we, Even cheaper math. than driving and staying in hotels yeah. and things. <clears throat> it was cheaper. Um, I had no stress of driving those northern Montana roads um, in the dead of winter. The kids had unrestrained freedom of movement once we were on the train. They could get up and wander around and do whatever the heck they want. They were not contained. And finally, it was a total shorter overall trip. It was a 24-hour straight train ride, whereas it would have taken us, you know, two eight-hour days and like a six-hour day plus two overnights if we drove. 24 <clears> hours <throat> on the train plus four hours driving from Billings True. north to there was the, the Yeah, we were, we're so that. four hours door to platform from where we live. So in addition to the fact that the kids had unrestricted movement, here are the things I've been telling people that were great about right. it. Because... I mean, people take the train other places. Like Mike Rowe's mom just posted about her and her husband on the train, and they were actually in coach chair, coach seats overnight. And she said everybody was snoring except her, so she got up and sat in the observation car and wrote from like three in the morning onward. Awesome. Um, but so, so people who live in more densely populated areas tend to take the train more. But if you have to drive four hours to even get to the train. Not a lot of our friends have taken the train. So here's what I've been telling people. First of all, it's so different from flying because it's so <laughs> immediate. And there's the, there's not these layers of screening you and bureaucracy. There is no security. You There's no standing in line. You literally stand on the platform and the train rolls in as close to you as you want to stand on the platform. Like we could have True. stood... Reaching, I mean, we probably I think would have the gotten yelled the yellow, at. The yellow barrier is, there was I want to say, two, two to three feet, feet. Two to three feet max. Away from where the train rolls in. So you're just standing on the platform and this massive, it's, I mean, the, the cars we were on were two floors. It's two stories tall. So they, it rolls in and the engine's chugging past you. Oh, it's awesome, you guys. And the then, big, beefy diesel motors are just like, shoo, shoo, these massive and wheels like are right just, you like, And before the train rolls in, we're taking pictures of the kids standing in the middle of the tracks. Mm -hmm. It's just like, so there versus in a plane 
you have no idea. You have no scale, no sense of scale. You don't ever actually experience the thing that you're flying in because you stand in the airport, you go down the jetway, unless you're in Billings and you get on a little wee little plane where you have to walk across, but then you're like, oh, it's a wee little plane. Like it's not this big, awesome thing. And you go through the jetway and then you sit down and you can look out the window, but you never actually experience the whole plane. But this was like, you experience the train. And there's no security, so there's no arriving early. Like, you literally just have to be there when the train arrives in the station. Which, by the way, in Malta, Montana, the station is unmanned. So it's like, it's it, there's not even a question of checking in or unquote, having someone the, check the your ticket baggage. The area where somebody would be sitting is actually a storage area. They just keep boxes there. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> like, there's just, there's, oh, and luggage, you bring whatever you want. There's no limits. They're not checking the size of your luggage or weighing it, and you're not worried about your liquids. You can literally bring as much as you can carry, and you have to carry it because the train stops in Malta for one minute, literally (laughs) one minute. It rolled in at 2.42, and it left at 2.43, and we and two Amish families got on. One family got off, or one couple got off. Mm -hmm. We and two Amish families, a young couple with a baby and an older couple got on. And by the time we had, there's a luggage rack right inside the door, and we're getting our luggage in there and going up this little stairwell. By the time we were up the stairwell, the train was moving again. And it was just such a smooth thing. We didn't even really notice it right away. The kids were like, oh, oh, we're moving. eyes are huge. Because this is their first time on train ever, besides a couple of them have been on subways. But their eyes are huge. And we, we get to our seats. And they're massive. I mean, we're talking bigger than first class. No, easy. In in a plane. That I mean, Jr. and I could sit with one of our children. We could put the armrest up, and the three of us could sit comfortably in well, there, two people. There were no seats. armrests in the middle. Oh, that's right. So so we could sit comfortably two, three of us in two people's seats. Legroom. Let's go back to the bring whatever you want on. I've done a fair amount of research, and. Like any form of travel, food is expensive and options are a bit limited. So I brought, at other people's suggestions, an entire Costco cooler bag full of snacks, wine, bottles of wine. Jair had an entire bottle of whiskey because there is literally no limit to what you can bring. Like Fantastic. I had read a review from a lady who likes to travel with a little little sausage and cheese plates. And she brings, if she has a friend, she actually literally packs a picnic basket and she brings a bottle of champagne because she gets a kick out of. Well, and then you have cracking. the one girl who like brings her own hand grinder. She did that. And, it's like, the same. It's the same woman who did it train. once because you can get free. You can get free hot water. You can ask Hello. the oh, restaurant people or the, the train. train attendant to bring you free hot water. Um, they also provide free filtered water in the, on the way. <clears throat> home it was broken but on the way there well just our car yeah but on the way there there was this little stand next to the stairs where you could refill your water as much as you wanted the bathrooms were like airplane bathrooms but there were like six of them and so there was never a line six they were always clean Mm -hmm. there was one woman's room that had was a little bit bigger than the others and actually had a folding out changing table full-size changing table which is better than... The women's lounge had like a whole seating area. I don't yeah. know why you would go and sit there. but um, I mean, I sat there and brushed my teeth because there was a sink oh. out there. Oh, there you go. Um, but anyway, um, so that's, I mean, oh, and there's there's plugins. So we our kids have like Kindle fires and we let them have unlimited screen time. 
which, you know, if you ask people, if you ask the kids what their favorite part of the trip was, it was unlimited screen time. <laughs> I think they appreciated all other day. parts, but literally all day and not quite all night. The seats folded back, not quite to flat, but enough for a little kid. And then a pretty, leg flap comes up. Pretty stinking. We yeah. brought pillows and blankets and they snuggled in and the three older ones... <clears throat> Got it. I mean, solid at least eight hours sleep, if not yeah. more. And then either took, you know, a couple of them took naps. Um, on the way home, one of the kids puked. That was pretty great. Um, and the guy behind us on the way there, I, Molly kind of kept tabs on him because he never got up. And then she's like, no, 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 he got up once. He got and up he once to go to the bathroom. And he was on the train when we got on. Yeah, they were coming from Seattle. Or I don't know where they're, I'm guessing they're coming from somewhere, well, even west of those, but... He was just, he laid there and watched, he and his wife it, watched movies. And they had and two kids. They the had two kids time. who were like probably 10 and 8, 9 and 7 also, who watched movies on a laptop together the whole time. <clears throat> and the kids got up and went back and forth oh, yeah. so much that it took me a while to realize that the kids were connected to the parents who never <laughs> got up. Um, but I mean, like he was probably on the train. I mean, we were on the train for 24 hours. You guys, it's like per, it's like forced vacation, like downtime. You can't do anything. You know, on these... I talked to the conductor, uh, or sorry, our train, our car attendant, um, for a little bit uh, at one point on the way out. And he was a major nerd. Like, he was a big-time, um, you know, big-time nerd, uh, train nerd. He'd been with Amtrak for like 11 years, and he said... And I was asking him about the cars, and he said, you know, this equipment is really old. The, the long haul stuff is a, essentially a giant loss leader for Amtrak. They lose a lot of money on the on the big cross country routes. So what happens is Did he not tell you that the government subsidizes that? No, he yeah, he did. Okay. Um but he said as a company, like they wouldn't be able to so what they end up doing is all the new equipment. There's lots of new equipment on Amtrak, but it all goes to like the high density commuter areas. Chicago, New York, New Jersey, East Coast Corridor, all that stuff. So the old cars, when they finally become too old, they go back and they become completely refurbished and put back into service again. And I don't know how completely, like, how do they know when to do that? Because the cars aren't, um, I'm not going to say, they're not new, um, but they're not completely broken. Um, there were some things here and there that you noticed didn't work one of the bathroom sinks i was fascinated with because in it was just not crumpled but none of the seams lined up there were gaps everywhere and i'm like what happened in this bathroom and like several things had been like filled in with caulk and i'm like what is going on right now so i actually enjoyed kind of musing about what might have happened to the bathroom um if you know van damme got drunk one night or something i don't know but um so you know it it was just kind of an interesting, like, little factoid. Um, but there was no cell service. You know, or, sorry, no in, uh, Wi-Fi. You have a little bit of cell service, but there were some dead spots. So we had, you know, you can basically get internet access. If you we had more cell service than but... I was expecting mm-hmm. across, oh, yeah. even across parts of North Dakota. I just expected it to be a lot more sparse. Yeah, so I highly recommend it. Um, <clears throat> I really want to do it again. I asked the kids on the way home. From the platform. I don't know if you were paying attention when I asked them this. I said, guys, even with a four-hour drive home, was it worth taking the train rather than driving? And all the kids, without hesitation, said yes, absolutely. So I'm sure we'll have more 
train rides in our future. So just a parenting tidbit. You mentioned having the kid puking on the train. We did not have this ready. Yeah. But, um, but. I knew it was coming. Molly was slow. It was pitch black in there. That too. We brought an entire box She's like, I'm getting, I'm looking, I'm of looking, I'm gallon looking. Ziploc bags. And if you fold the top over, it gets rigid enough for a kid to puke in it. And then when they're done, you zip it up and it seals it and you can throw it away or whatever. I mean, you throw it away. But there's there's no like rinsing out a bucket. There's no need to rush a kid who's not super cognizant of their body and what's going on to the bathroom there's no need to puke in a bathroom, in a train bathroom, even though if she had kept doing it since she pukes like a T-Rex, I probably would have tried to get her somewhere where she wouldn't be doing that in the train car all night. Fortunately, she just did the one big one. Yeah, and I caught most um, of it in my hands, and then she she cried because she got some on her face. Yeah. And um, then the train car smelled like puke for the rest of the way. Now, no, here's the, it kind of faded for a while. It faded, but here's the unnerving thing, you guys. If you get on midpoint somewhere, you have no idea what went on what in the seat. What five-year-old kid has puked before in the seat before you. That's true for airplanes, too, It is though. totally true for airplanes, yeah. Or so, any, any right. public space. Yeah, right. it was just in. kind of an odd thought to be like, okay, we are now leaving this seat, having done the best we can to clean up with wipes Including and paper yeah. towels and everything else, but not just baby wipes. Like I had brought cleaning wipes. Right. So we did our best to clean up, but there was still like we couldn't vacuum the carpet. Mm-hmm. We could scrub a few and things. Scrub the carpet. Titus left. So we le- on the way home, Grandma, somebody had purchased a whole. I think it was your brother had purchased a whole pile of goldfish from Costco or something. Somebody, anyway. We still have some of them. All of the kids ended up taking one of those. Costco bags of goldfish and putting each one of them had one in their bag. Lily didn't. She doesn't like goldfish. So, oh, I didn't know that. So Titus opens his and proceeds to get more on the floor. Because kids don't open bags neatly. They split them all the way down the center. Mm-hmm. So when we left, it was like an, you know, From orange dusted, you know, blue Amtrak floor. We needed to train one of our dogs to come on board with us as a service animal. No, they need packable. Here's what I just thought of this. They need Every packable. car needs a Dyson animal. Yes. <laughs> or packable Dyson animals, like mini Dysons. No, we're not going to bring our own. Every train car needs one, like, hooked up at the end where the yeah, attendant, be, like, slept and kept his stuff. That would be the ultimate. That'd be that'd be amazing. It's just It bolts right to the wall. Just plug it in, and the attendant can go vacuum things up. Or you can borrow it and vacuum it up yourself yeah, if you want. Yeah, I would feel less guilty doing that. Yeah. So a little bit of a segue. While we were on the train out there... I had a Facebook memory pop up where I had re, it's not retweeting on Facebook, whatever it is, resharing, shared uh, a Jim Gaffigan quote. And from that, I had put on my Facebook when Titus was like one or two. Um, so way, way, way back in our parenting journey. And Jim Gaffigan said, nobody told me how much parenting and how much of parenting is carrying things or something along those lines. Like <laughs> parenting entails so much carrying and it resonated with me because here we are, I've got my cooler bag. Like when we left, when we got off the train, I'm carrying, I think at least carried her backpack, but I had her pillow and her blanket, blanket stuffed in the pillow, my own pillow and blanket that I brought for me and faith to share the cooler bag, my backpack of stuff. I had, foolishly on the way out there not separated my purse bag from all the others so i had that 
And then I was carrying Faith, who was 25 pounds. And we're shuffling, literally, like, crossing now, busy streets in Chicago. Now, if anybody's curious what Dad is carrying right now, I think we had four different suitcases, plus my my bag, plus I'd acquired a six-pack of beer in Wisconsin. No, 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 that was, that was on the way there, not no, the way I, back. No, I acquired the six-pack of beer on the way back, because remember it... Yeah, it that's rolled. what I mean. You weren't carrying it through the yeah. central station in oh, Chicago. Oh, no, no, no. I thought um, we were talking about the way back. No, I'm talking about the way there. Anyway, oh, Jim Gaffigan, parenting involves a lot of carrying. That resonated with me yeah. because here, like, I'm carrying even more than usual. You also were carrying more than your fair share. <clears throat> um, but um, then we came home, and everybody has been sick literally since we got home, off and on. Now, Faith has the, res- you know, is hopefully on the tail end of a cold and will be hopefully better off going forward. Um, but I have spent so much time in the last month carrying or holding, not just things, but especially a very cranky 20 month old, 21 month old. Dude, your arms are ripped right now. They're getting there. I'm also trying to do push ups every day, Super but hot. I also carry a 25 pound kid. Squats. Pretty much. Do more squats. I'm working uh. on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what happens when I do squats when she's awake? Yeah. Well, I do squats oh. while holding an extra 25 pounds. I thought pounds. you were going to buy- I do push-ups with an extra 25 pounds on it's my awesome. back. The children, I realized today, awesome. Titus and Lily and Elise have trained her that when you get down on all fours, she's supposed to crawl on your back for a ride. So that's why when I'm trying to do my little 10-minute workout routine, all I want is 10 minutes to do this combination of squats, push-ups, jumping jacks and planks she climbs on me every time i get on the floor and then she gets mad if i'm doing a side plank because she can't sit on me comfortably for that portion literally 30 seconds she's mad she's pushing me over anyway a lot of carrying. i thought you were going to talk about trying to do squats after having a baby no no or jumping jacks jumping Jumping jacks jacks are worse than squats after four kids um but no i actually was thinking about how how incredibly physical parenting is and just like it's it's hard on your body it entails a lot of physicalness in your body and just how god made particularly babies but all of us to need all of that physical touch and care and then my thoughts kind of ping pong on all these different directions but just how much um, how f- how much the fact that we need physical touch from other people um, is part of our humanness that God designed us to have. Like, you know, the story is coming after out of the Cold War of babies in orphanages behind the Iron Curtain who had physically not developed, their brains had not developed um, because they weren't getting physical touch because they were just in cribs all day. Mm-hmm. Um the same is true. I mean, there are people whose job it is in big cities. They are professional cuddlers. You can Google this. this oh, yeah. Is, no, I, yeah. This is a real thing that people will pay massage rates, like $80 an hour, to have someone spoon them or scratch or tickle their back because they're so starved for non-sensual physical affection. That's and it's creepy. It is kind of creepy, but it's also a really sad commentary on our culture that 
we're so that there are people who are so starved for non-sensual friendship. I mean, you can get a Tinder hookup no matter what, right? But you can't have someone actually like spend time just with you. Like that is What was is that something... dating movie we watched that one? The hookup movie we watched that one. The dating one time. project. The dating project. And one of the girls said it was more terrifying to go on a date at a coffee shop with somebody than go into a closet and get banged by them. And I was like, what? What? That's so backwards. But that's, I mean, this <clears throat> this movie is primarily a documentary about a professor at, I think, Boston College. And she does a dating class, a seminar, and it's attended by hundreds of kids because nobody in our culture knows how to date. And the final exam is to ask somebody on a date and go on a real date. Like, and she has all these rules around it. Like, you have to ask them in person. You can't text. You can't spend a certain amount of money. You can't have any physical contact besides, like, a side hug or a triangle hug, you know, where, like, your shoulders yeah. meet. But, the, you know. Right. Um, you know, and, and you can't have any alcohol. And you can't, can't be more than two hours, I think, are her rules. We... And how incredibly, like victorious people feel when they've had a real date these are college kids it's a great movie the dating project but it is i mean like so much has been lost relationally in our culture i, I can't help but think of john mulaney our new favorite comedian when Sorry, he talks Jim about Gaffigan. when he talks about spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on getting a college degree that is essentially worthless and now I'm thinking about all these kids going, oh, what did you study this semester? Well, I went and learned how to go on a date. You spent $150,000 this year and you, you learned how to go on a date. You know, it's just so... Why is that even a class? Because it's, it is a life skill no, that... You should be learning that. And... No, no, no. It's the, that an entire generation... <clears throat> Has lost our culture has lost the script for how to meet somebody and develop the sort of relationship that leads to lifelong. Well, I've decided a broadcasting degree is completely pointless to get. Well, that's that's your personal issue, that's not a cultural issue. I think it's a cultural issue. Um, so but that actually leads me to a book that I discovered today through a rabbit room blog. So there's an author I've pointed, I've I think I've shared. Her name is Lori Ferguson. She was like mm-hmm. homeschooled. Apparently, her parents were like the name is people. really familiar. But she's now married, this. so her name is Lori Ferguson Wilbert. She is her just her writing is she's an incredible writer. Did she go to school for that? Probably. Um, she's making a living with it. Um, she's writing. She wrote a book that's coming out in early February. Uh, I have a Barnes and Noble gift certificate from my birthday. I think I might spend. On this I think it book. would be cool for us to be on the Rabbit Room Network podcast network. I don't. But we're not artsy fartsy enough. No, we're also not well known enough. Um, they anyway. She wrote a book on that is kind of a biblical theology plus practical theology. Like she has specific settings and examples of physical touch, mm-hmm. and she keeps going back to how Jesus. <clears throat> physically touched people and how important that is but also in our culture bringing that to life in our culture and i've been on kind of a bandwagon with that i think i've already mentioned it and this is episode three right Mm -hmm. so on either episode one or two i mentioned hugging the single people in our church 
as much as I can. You know, if you, if you have a conversation with a widow, don't just have the conversation, give them a hug or touch their arm because they might go for the rest of the week without anybody giving them physical touch. And it's just such a, it's, it's a life giving way of expressing care for someone. So anyway, I'm excited about that book, but I've also just been kind of mulling over how, I mean, because I've literally spent nights on end holding a baby, um, so that she could be comfortable enough to sleep where she, whether she's coughing or she's just angry at life. Um, I've just been thinking a lot about, um, just how physical we are that, you know, we're not souls and our bodies don't mean anything, but actually holding someone or touching someone, um, has incredible meaning for our souls. That's a good thought. I'm sure it ties somehow to our design to live out in community of some form. Yeah. <clears throat> and to not devalue our body as well, that what God created mm-hmm. is good. Um, the world and the physical things that God created are good. So to end the show, uh, we got a, a request on Instagram and if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can. It's our primary social platform. Too busy to flush. Simple as that. All spelled out. And if you know your grammar, you know how to spell it. Too busy to flush. So, Brianna asked if we could help her with some songs for kids. And play some songs for kids. Play them on the show? No, not play them on the show, oh. but just like provide them. Um, songs she could play for her kids. Because she's short on things. Do you mm-hmm. think if we put up a Spotify playlist, you could throw some songs in there? For kids? Yeah. Things that you like that help for kids. And the reason I say Spotify is because it's platform agnostic and almost everybody has it. So, you know, um, just think like... Even do you want if me to like spout things off right now? Sure. Or we can just put them up, we can put them in the Spotify playlist too. But I want to well, help our listeners. Yes, because we <clears throat> love you, Brianna. But yes. we probably will keep our physical distance from you because we know that no. makes you uncomfortable. Right? I know, that's why I'm going to hug her. Um, um, the ones that come to mind right now, Seeds Family Worship. Um, they put Bible verses to music in usually fairly catchy ways and they're very prolific they're always coming out with new things almost any bible verse that you want your kids to memorize you're going to be able to find on we use itunes for the most part so on itunes i can type in a bible verse or if i just let it play like they have a ton of stuff on youtube i'll like we were reading matthew 6 a couple of weeks ago and lily was like hey i know this from seeds and it was matthew not just matthew 6 33 but matthew 6 31 for through 33 and they use it's not even niv i think but whatever version they use lily knew it word for word and i mean unless you're taking your kids to Awana, you're not going to get much better scripture memory than just playing songs over and over. And they've got some, some pretty decent music videos. Um, risers, R-I-Z-E-R-S is I another like risers. straight up scripture. Um, they don't have a ton. They went, they weren't, they have like two short albums that I think are on Amazon. But you old school CCMers, if you remember a, 
a kind of an alt rock band called Super Chick. I swear it's the same band. And they were really good. So they're too. kind of rock band and they've got fun music videos and our kids like say like I'm the blonde one there and they love them. They're catchy. Again, straight scripture. Slugs and Bugs, Randall Goodgame is great. Um he is not on the on the quote unquote free platforms. So you can't look up most of his stuff on iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. You have to buy it. Um, we bought some of his stuff digitally years ago, and I can't even locate it anymore. Um, but he has a decent amount of stuff on YouTube, and he has a he has like a Mister Rogers style slash Sesame Street style show that has a lot of his. Again, he's he's got silly songs, he's got Bible songs, he's also got straight up scripture songs. And he has a show that our kids have seen a couple of snippets of, and they just think it's hysterical. It's like $50 for 15 episodes or something, maybe less than uh, fewer episodes. But um, that's going to be Faith's second birthday present. So if you know Faith, don't spoil it for her. That's what she's getting for her second birthday, along with a sequin hedgehog that you helped Elise buy a while ago, and we forgot to give it to her for the first birthday. Wow, that was a long time ago. Yeah, it's been in my gift drawer ever since then. Um, So those Ellie Holcomb, or as Elise would say, Helly Holcomb, has a children's album called Sing, um, creation songs, and a lot of straight-up scripture again. Very catchy. Faith's absolute favorite songs in the world come from her because she says a lot of whoa, whoa, whoa in all of her songs. I love Ellie Holcomb's adult songs, too, and Lily does, too. Um, but Ellie Holcomb Sing. Ellie Holcomb's also part of Rain for Roots that also includes Sandra McCracken and a handful of other gals. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa is on Rain for Roots. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, which whoa, is whoa, 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 on the original whoa, whoa. Rain for Roots, which is called Big Truce for Little Hearts, I think, which is what all of our kids have. It's been their lullaby tunes, what they've gone to sleep to. Um, this song, which is from Sally Lloyd-Jones' Jesus Storybook Bible. Right, that's how we found it. Um Anyway, they have three albums. I absolutely love their Christmas album. What's well, more of an Advent album? It's called Waiting Songs. Um, but they have another um, album that's mostly parables that they've put to music. And I think they're coming out with another one. So those off the top of my head are, at least cool. in the Christian genre, um, which is, I mean, for kids stuff, that's kind of all I do these days because i like we have a party a family party playlist like dance playlist or mom's songs that has a lot of non-christian general poppy secular stuff that we like that the kids like to dance to so if you're down with that do that do you know what the playlist is called it's called your mom your mom yeah Mm -hmm. well done i like it so (laughs) i'll mention those i'll put those those artists for the kids stuff in the show notes and then maybe we can contemplate firing up a playlist on Spotify, mm. like we've talked about, but we haven't done, of just jams we like. I also have a couple of kids' playlists on my YouTube, and YouTube has now locked down. You can't make a playlist with content made specifically for kids. That is because... The evil people of the world ruin it for everybody. I know. It stinks, though, because I find something that I want to... I'm teaching my homeschool. I'm a nerd. I'm teaching my kids Spanish, and one of the major ways I do that is through songs that they would know in English. So, like, my God is so big, so strong, and so mighty. They know that in English, and I've been playing it over and over 
from this Spanish playlist that I add on to. Like now I've got the doxology in I'm trying it. to translate it in my head right now, so I'm not actually listening. Anyway, um, I can't add to, I mean, they haven't taken the playlist down or taken anything out right. of the playlist, but I can't <clears throat> add anything new to it. So I found the other day a walking in the jungle, like, you know, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid. So it's like the call and response. I found that in Spanish and I can't save it anywhere. Like I just have to make a mental note of the link or remember the Spanish word to look it up next time. So you're trying to make the playlist kids only? So, no, any content that has been made specifically for kids. You like cannot when, add it to another You can't playlist. add it to any playlist. Like, the add to playlist button is actually oh, disabled wow. on, like, you there's, You think they would, they would enable a way to make it so you could add it to a kid-friendly playlist? That'd be obvious. I, it's, it's really frustrating. I hope that they find a workaround for that because, it's Google, I mean, because I'm, one of the things that I do for school is... When I'm making lunch or whatever, I have, I had, I can't do this anymore, a kid playlist. And so I would sit down like a daily playlist that I would constantly update. And so like it has a song about the 50 states and then the Pledge of Allegiance and, you know, whatever science we're doing that day, volcanoes or whatever. I would look up a couple of kid friendly videos on volcanoes and then I would have like a Bible verse song that I wanted them to practice. Like when we were doing the Apostles Creed memorization I would have that and so I would just I would add those all to the playlist and then I would click just click play and it would play through while I was like last year it was while I was nursing the baby or while I'm making lunch and I can't I can't do that anymore I can't just add a bunch of stuff that's going to be educational but give me a little bit of breathing space and let it play and it's kind of frustrating there is a uh, YouTube support thread on this very topic that has 157 replies since the 7th. <laughs> well, so we'll keep you all, updated, dear listeners. They're all complaining about the same Because thing. it's, it, it, yeah, it's very frustrating. <clears throat> it, it would rather choose something random. What we all probably don't realize, at least when I'm looking through this, some people are school teachers and pre-K teachers and all this stuff. They might be using all this stuff out of, like, YouTube's terms of service, no, which true. could be kind of funny. YouTube is also, don't they have a kid-specific YouTube now? Maybe they're foreign. I, I think that. there is a kid-specific YouTube. Huh. And maybe they're trying to force users to the paid service. It's a paid service? I'm, I think, I'm pretty oh, sure it is. Interesting. All right. Well, that's, we got to wrap it up. We're coming on to, let's ball Miss Molly's bedtime. Um, if you like us. Please rate us on your favorite podcast player, subscribe, and then share us with your friends. Because we want to grow huge. We want to take over the world. Or at least not bore you guys. <clears throat> yeah. Provide you with edifying, kind interesting. Kind of be helpful. I mean, truthfully, we do this because it's kind of fun. Um, but yeah. So that said, toobusytoflush.com or tb2f, the number two, dot com. And, uh, or you can find us on your favorite podcast player if you're listening to us for the first time. Other than that, I'm out. Good night.